The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. Good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. This is our last show for the 2010 racing season. Hard to believe. Just seems like yesterday we kicked it off. Wow. Time doth fly. But I said it's our last show for the 2010 racing season, and we are glad that you've been with us, hopefully from Yoda Go, joining in with us, taking your time to listen to some of the greatest guests in racing. We, we've been honored and pleased. But we're going to be back in 2011, and that's starting next week, and we're going to be continuing to bring you the best in thoroughbred action, hopefully the best in thoroughbred guests, which always make this show and. And what an honor and a pleasure it's been to actually talk to these wonderful people. So tune in with us. We're not going anywhere, and we're going to be there, and hopefully you'll be here with us as well. $11 million, $363,704. That's the exotic predictions to date. And dates are only, what is that, a day away now? Come on now. Can we, can we break 12? Can we do it? Because Winning Ponies have been in fuego. Now is the time for members to begin gathering your winning credits. Now, what I mean by that is purchase them now at the current price for the upcoming year. Many great innovations coming your way. You know, I was chatting with one of the gents from Winning Ponies, and they've got some really cool stuff coming your way. Real-time results and biggins. You know, that kind of lets you know what's happening up to the speed. Track condition, changes, scratches. Real-time, post-time data, cancellations, change in data, you know, say if it's off the turf, you know, if it's changed from muddy to fast, easy-to-use color-coded tier level, speed, re- speed ratings for the current race, the last three races, and turf ratings, icons that can make the difference between winning and losing, my favorite, some of a few that jump out of the, out of the, uh, out of the dark and bring me into the light, three-year-olds and older, monster workouts, dropping in class, Sharp workout and much, much more. Check it out, www.winningponies.com. I can talk to you on blue in the face, which, in fact, I might. I might just punish you. I might talk to you blue in the face or just check it out. I think you're going to be really, really pleased. But as I said before, remember, gather your winning pony, your winning credits, I should say, at the current rate. A lot of big things are happening in 2011. Well, I won't let anything out of the bag, but it's only going to be more excitement and more opportunity for you, the member, the player, the fan. Winning Ponies, check it out. What's happening tonight? we got our biggins. That's how we've been doing. Hopefully you've been aboard. Hopefully you are leading the pack. Recap of last week's racing. Now, it was 
holiday weekend. Trying to be PC there. It was Christmas weekend. And we're going to talk about some racing that happened on Sunday. Santa Anita kicked it open on Sunday. A little recap of last week's action. That's always good. A little story for you. Yeah, for This one's from my man Tom Lamara. Ridiculous predictions for the new year. Tommy's anything but ridiculous. He's a leader of the forefront of what's happening in racing. Very good man for the game. Trainer joining us this week, hot from Chicagoland area trainer Chris Block is going to be joining us this evening. Train Giant Oak in the Breeders' Cup Marathon. This guy is big in the Illinois breeding. I think you're going to enjoy Mr. Block. Very well spoken. I know I enjoyed speaking with him a few times. Then we're going to shift gears. You heard me talk about contests all year long. It's that time when it meets the end of the road and it's time to put up or shut up. They have the DRF NTRA qualifying finals. If you qualified all year long, it's in the finals in Vegas. We're going to chat with a very good friend of mine, five-time qualifier, Mr. David Turner from Galloway, Ohio. Good capper and even a better man. That's a rare combination these days. He's a daggone good man. He's got a lovely wife that comes with him. She just sits there and just takes it all in, never complains. He's got the best of all worlds. Great capper, good guy, and he's got a great partner. Looking forward to chatting with him. Then we're going to talk a little news, a little bit of handicapping. You know, got to get it in there. We've got to crack out some winners. You know, I was chatting with Dave in a little earlier, and he said, Ed, I just didn't get a chance to get my, my stuff in early enough. And he says, you know, I'm not going to do it justice if I can't. He, I believe he had a daughter that was feeling a little under the weather, and he was feeling a little under the weather himself, but he's not going to let it hold him back. But he said, I'm not going to be able to handicap and give out anything. I said, okay. But that means we've got to have him on at a different time. This guy shoots with both pistols loaded. Looking forward to that. Uh, Chris Block, uh, been really, really enthused with his uh, training uh, for quite some time and glad to see he's rising to the forefront. David Turner, good friend of mine and a oh, superior handicapper. I can only aspire to be that good when I grow up and become a big boy. But that's what's happening for tonight. we got a full show. we got a whole lot of fun. And I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to do a little bit of biggins. I'll let you know what's been happening. Friday, December 24th, six total biggins, Hialeah Park. My man Pete Aiello, Pistol Pete Aiello, the voice, marketing, publicity. I think he does it all down there. Hialeah Park leads the pack race number seven, a Super Vecta Key, $423.40. Not bad, Pistol Pete. Sunday, December 26th, yep, we missed a couple days. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Sunday, December 26th, 78 total biggins. Hawthorne, Chicagoland, race number eight, Superfecta, $12,600 and 80 whole cents. Monday, December 27th, 49 total biggins. Turf, Paradise. I always want to see Turf, Paradise. Race six, Superfecta, $26,031 and 60 cents. Tuesday, the 28th, 19 total biggins. Turfway Park. Get a load of this, a super high five box, $2,530.40. And I have to tell you, these guys have been on fire. And I'm talking winning ponies has been on fire at Turfway Park. I only live a few miles away, and I need to start practicing what is being preached here and go out there and hammer this. Now, get a load of this one. You're going to want to write this one down. Wednesday, December 29th, 58 total biggins, leading the pack. 
Turfway Park Race for a Superfecta Key, $148,889.60. I know you're saying, oh, Ed, what are you talking about? I mean, that is just complete craziness. And, you know, as I was chatting with the Jen from Winning Ponies a little earlier, he said, Ed, can you believe how we did? He said, what an incredible. He was just, he was elated. Their top two picks ran one-two. Now, they don't have all one-to-nine shots in the top slot, as most handicappers do that offer out data. Carpool, the 11 horse, paid $92.40 to win the six. Is where, is where, $20.80. The exact at $2,049.20 to try. $23,900.80. The Super, $148,889.60, and that's what they gave out. And that was incredible. And if you doubt me, go back and take a look because they don't change. They cannot change. They're out there, good and or bad, and we hope you were on board. Thursday, December 30th, 38 total biggins fairgrounds, the big easy. you got to love that right there. I like fairgrounds. That's another place I want to visit. It sounds like I'm a little kid. I just want to go everywhere. Fairgrounds, race seven, super factor key, $1,850 and 20 cents. Those were our biggins, and we're going to fly through our last week's stakes races on the 26th. And that was Sunday because Merry Christmas to all. We had the La Brea, Santa Anita, grade one, $250,000. Switch, ugly, ugly girl here. She just tore him a new way of running. Wins by four with Joel Rosario in the saddle. Good ride. There, the fine young horseman. And uh, this is a nice three-year-old filly switch. And then we had the Malibu Stakes, grade one of Santa Anita. Twirling Candy was the winner by a dirty nose. Joel Rosario. Oh. Said that again, didn't we? Joel Rosario won that one as well. Is this guy a hog or what? He can't get enough money. The Sir Beaufort Stakes, Grade Three at Santa Anita, hundred fifty thousand dollars going a mile. Sydney's Candy wins by seven and a quarter lengths. Oh, Joel Rosario again for John Sadler. Very nice, Joel. California Breeders Champion Stakes, Santa Anita. 31st Street, Rafael Bejarano in the irons between the ears, wins by a half a length for Doug O'Neill. Very nice. Sam Piper stakes Tampa Bay Downs. Devilish Lady Danielle Centeno, one of our guests that we've had on in past weeks. We had the inaugural stakes at Tampa Bay as well. Mancero, Luis Saez wins by a solid length to take that down. Value of the race, $70,000. And we had the Classico Versed Jet at Camaro Racetrack. Can't say I've ever been there. Truly frisky. You're the winner, Eddie Castro. Five and three parts of a length. And that, boys and girls, is a little rundown. Oh, and I'd be remiss to throw out the Goel Stakes at Turfway Park. $50,000 up for grabs. Dr. Diamond's prize. Oh, man. If I butcher his name, he can slap me about the face. And here's Hostman Santana. Very nice for Mark Hubel. He wins by four links there over the poly track. And you just absolutely have to love that. So, okay, you got the big ones. You got a little a taste of what is happening. And as I promised here, we'll run it down really, really quick. Tommy Lamara said a couple of predictions. He said there's going to be creating a system for the public to vote for the NTRA for Horse of the Year. Good stuff. Lexington, Kentucky is going to offer an OTB facility worthy of the horse capital of the world. 
He said the winner of the now graded million dollar Charlestown Classic will win the Breeders' Cup Classic at Charles excuse me, at Churchill Downs in Charlestown. I love it. Tommy's out there. He's he's right with it. California will revert to its previous paramutual takeout rates. Hopefully they won't gouge us anymore. Here's one that just passed. The Kentucky horse race industry will say enough is enough and racetracks will install the outlaw racing system. I love it. The instant racing machines are coming. Can't wait. Looking good, Tommy. You're one for, uh, I'd say about eight, I think I called out there. Tommy Lamar, good man for the game, and uh, he's with the Blood Horse, and he's definitely worth the read. Well, it is time to head into our first break, and when we return, we're going to be talking with a, a trainer that I think is one to be reckoned with. He's definitely caught my eye, my wallet, and I'm definitely impressed with him. Had a chance to speak with him, and he's quite the gentleman. Mr. Chris Block is going to be joining us here on Winning Pony. Never gonna be the same. Cause I saddle up my horse. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. PM Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us holiday season for some it trickles on for some it lingers on for some it lasts a lifetime hey for kids it it never lasts long enough but hey we're glad you're right with us and uh, we got new year's eve closing in on us 
And also closing us is segment number two, and that's where we have our special guest of the week. And this week is no different, as we are going to be speaking with a gentleman trainer. I've had the opportunity to speak with him a few times, and trust you me, my wallet has been not really fat, but I'll tell you what, uh, I've done pretty well by betting his horses, and I'm, and I'm elated to chat with him, and I think you'll be elated to listen to him. Mr. Chris Block, Chris, are you there? I am. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm very well. And once again, thanks for taking your time during the holiday season to be with us. Oh, not my pleasure. You are, now, as I always preface everything, uh, if I'm wrong, correct me and uh, stamp me right. Uh, you're in the Chicagoland area, correct? Correct. Yes, we're based at Arlington Park and Hawthorne Park. Okay, you're right there. And you had a little report. We were, we were chatting off air for a moment about Hawthorne today. Yeah, well, we had uh, temperatures well, rose well above freezing, and uh, the track had been in pretty good shape leading into that. They've done a great job in, with all the uh, the snow and the cold we've had, but it thawed out and uh, fell apart on them, and um, it's difficult to, to handle it when it's like that. So uh, they deemed it unsafe to race today, and they, they're trying to, to get it in shape to, to go for tomorrow. And tomorrow actually is the, the closing card for the year. So uh, I'm sure they're going to do their best to make it happen tomorrow. Oh, I got my fingers crossed. And, you know, if they deem it unsafe, they deem it unsafe. It's tough for horsemen because that's the way you make your money. But we never want to see anyone ever go down. Um, there there was a jockey that, that came from the Kentucky circuit years ago. And, uh, boy, I just I fell in love with him. Uh, and he passed away in an incident at Sportsman's Park, Rodney Dickens. Oh, I, do, I remember Rodney. I sure do. Yeah, and I, it was at Sportsman's, and I was there that day. It was unfortunate, very unfortunate. Oh, very unfortunate. He was a, a, a nice young lad and very talented indeed. And, and Chris, I have to say, uh, I, I don't brag too much but, because I really don't have too much to brag about, but I have to say that I've cast some, cast some fine tickets on you. And, and you know, I, I, by bringing this out, maybe I'm spoiling it for myself, but I think, it's, I think the truth must be told. I've had one hell of a run with your runners. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, we've been uh, fortunate here recently to uh, to be on a little bit of a roll, and uh, the horses uh, rounded well into shape for the for the fall, uh, both at Hawthorne and Churchill and down at Calder. So uh, uh, well, that's good. I'm glad you're one of the benefactors from it. <laughs> I think many people are. It's just not me, but I had to pat myself on the back. It's rare that I get a chance to. Your, your first visit with us, and hopefully we're going to have many more. We're going to be chatting with you as you close in on milestones and big races, and, and I can't wait for that. And Can you tell our listeners a, a bit about how you entered into the world of racing? Well, I, uh, I've got to lay it all on my dad, actually. He, uh, he uh, invested in, into a, uh, a horse that he took to Fairmount Park, and Cahokia Downs uh, with, a, with a trainer down there. And he, uh, he always loved the game, uh, enjoyed going to the races, and wanted to get involved with it. So I tagged along the first time the horses to run at, uh, I believe it was at Fairmount. And um, I just fell in love with the, with the, the majesty of the, uh, of the sport and the industry and, and uh, became a big, big fan. And um, wasn't soon after couple more times of the track i i kind of set my my sights on on doing something in the industry whether it was uh well my first thought was to be a jockey i was i i kind of thought that'd be something i i might try to pursue but um uh there was no way that was going to happen i grew awfully fast and uh, so then I, I i shifted it over to training and um my dad would take me in, uh to the races with him and out in the mornings and uh and i just became uh, in love with with it and uh 
wanted to to move forward and try to educate myself um, as far as as trying to become a trainer. And um, uh, my family then became more involved with uh, with the industry and and purchased. Uh, some some fillies at sales to to race and then become broodmares and uh, build a broodmare band uh, to the point where our uh, team block I'm sure you've seen the name and and we've got a quite a quite a, a large stable and and breeding operation and um, I wanted to become the 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 guy behind the scenes there training them so uh, fortunately uh, my parents set me in the right direction or uh, took a chance on me and. Um, uh, I, I'm forever grateful for that, as it's turned out to be uh, a chance to train some really, really uh, well-bred horses and uh, some good horses that we've had come through the, through the ranks. And we'd like to thank, uh, uh, without knowing his first name, Daddy Block, uh, for introducing you into the game because uh, you definitely uh, are laying your footprint out there, and, and we're very proud to watch you uh, apply your trade. And you, you do it with such class, and and uh, and, and I and I and I read a lot about it on the Illinois scene, and and uh, we'll, we'll get to that here shortly. But many of the trainers, they always wanted to be a rider. Most, I say, not, not many, but most did want to be a rider one point in their life, and. Uh, before getting your license, you worked for Bill Mott. Tell us a little bit about your time with Bill. Sure. Well, I actually, Dad and Mom had horses with Bill at the time, and um, um, I always thought Bill was a really, really good trainer, and, and uh, I thought, well, this is a good way to get my, my feet wet. And um, so uh, we approached Bill to see if it would be something he would be open to, uh, having me come, come work uh, for him. Um, and I started at Canterbury Park. Uh, as a hot walker, and also he allowed me to rub rub a couple horses, and um, so I, I learned a lot off and on as I was attending uh, junior college in Champaign, Illinois. Parkland College had an equine management program there, and um, so during the summers I worked for Bill, and then during the school year went to uh, Parkland and graduated with a degree in um, equine management. But uh, I learned a lot from Bill. And um, he, uh, you know, he's just a he's just a very. What I think the, what I took from Bill is patience is a virtue, and um, yeah, with with any resource that you have, and you have to train them all as individuals. Um, so I learned a lot from him in that respect. And then um, once I graduated from uh, the junior college, uh, I just uh, was fortunate enough that my parents took a chance on me and 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 gave me six horses, six two-year-olds actually. Uh, to start off with, and um, it was a lot of trial and error, and uh, I know a lot of people don't get that opportunity, so I'm, I was very fortunate that um, I, I uh, learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, learned from them, and, uh, and actually tried to move forward from there, and, and, it's, and it actually worked out well. I uh, was hard on myself and, and, um, because I, I wanted to be successful early on because I felt like I had a uh, a great opportunity in front of me. So I, I put a lot of pressure on myself uh, to learn how to do the best I can, and um, uh, and I think I've tried to move that over into into my stable now that we have a quite a bit, uh, a large stable with a lot of employees, and that's what I try to instill in them also. Well, I, I think that uh, Team Block is, uh, you alluded to, and that, that's actually in all of my my notes and study that I that I've referred to it as, and uh, it sounds like you majored in uh, equine management and uh, minored in working your butt off. It, you know, uh, an Illinois man 
applying this trade very well as you are, and, and as I've uh, I've spoke about, uh, can you remember your first winner and where it took place? Absolutely, it was a filly by the name of LaFab, and she uh, won at Sportsman's Park, and um, she was a filly that we actually bought out of an in-training sale. Uh, my dad did, and um, she won Broker Maiden there at uh, at Sportsman's, going six furlongs, and at that time it was at the uh, the old portion, so it was five eighths a mile, so it was a lap and a half around there. So yeah, I remember, I remember it distinctively. <laughs> it's something that's emblazoned in your memory. I've told my dad many a times. I said, now I was there at Sportsman's when it was a seven eighths track, and I believe seven eighths, if I have it correct, because I said the stretch went on forever, and it actually oh, yeah, ended absolutely. right at right yeah. at the beginning of a turn. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was a very long stretch, and uh, the um, it's a shame what happened to Sportsman's because it was a popular racetrack in the Chicago circuit. Uh, but uh, Hawthorne and Arlington have picked up from there and, and have done a good job going forward. As a man of the area, digressing real quickly, uh, was Sportsman's Park built by Al Capone? Uh, at one point, I believe it was, but the Bidwells, <laughs> the Bidwells were the 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 uh, the real. Uh, family behind Sportsman's Park, and they were they were good people, and Stormy Bidwell was a uh, fantastic owner of the racetrack. He treated the horsemen really well there. Well, you can't beat that, and, then, and those are the people that put on the game and make the world go round in racing. The Illinois, and speaking of them, the Illinois Thoroughbred Owners and Breeders Foundation bestowed its highest honor in 2008 to your team. What are your plans with Illinois do you want to make the big run at uh, at revitalizing and making uh, making your footprint known? Well, in, in Illinois, I mean, I'm I'm real real proud of the Illinois program, and we we've got uh, we've got good good breeding program here, but we're a state that's struggling with racing right now. Um, we need we're in the process of trying to um, get legislation passed in the Capitol, and actually next week. Uh, the bill comes up for a potential vote to put slot machines at the track. And, um, you know, Illinois is, is always been one of the better states for racing, but we've, we've kind of fallen off here as in the recent, as recent as in the last five years. And, um, we think that we can, we can get it back to where it should be, uh, with, with the help from, uh, legislation. Um, I never have been one to, to, to like to see racing cropped up propped up by by another uh, source but it seems to me now that that has to be the way it goes uh in order for these racetracks and and uh, breeding programs to be viable and and we're hoping that uh that can happen in illinois because you know we're a city of um of uh of chicago nine million people i mean it's 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 a shame that we're where we're at right now we should be uh we should be at one of the top states in the country and we're not and um, we're hoping to get it back to that point. And um, if that would be the case, I'm, I would, you know, I want to be a big part of it. That's for sure. And we've got, uh, you know, we're set up for that. We've got, I've got a good owner base uh, with Team Block starting me out, and I've got uh, other people like Robert Lothenbach and Lothenbach Stables, and 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 local people who um, have put a lot into into my stable and some good horses in my hands. And um, they've stayed with it. They've weathered the storm, and we're ready to go for it, and we're real excited about the future if we can get this legislation passed. 
I sure hope you can. Uh, in Kentucky, it's kind of stalled, and I don't know if their thick uh, thick noggins are ever going to really accept that. I believe instant racing is going to be coming to Kentucky, and uh, hopefully that'll uh, be a small band-aid. Uh, I, I'd like to see the horsemen run for what they're due, and uh, and I'd, I'd really love to see that. Uh, for those that uh, you know are looking for some names out there, and 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 I know that I'm not going to be able to get all of them, Chris, but some notable runners that come to mind: Ioya Two, winner of the Modesty at Arlington Park, million dollar earner, Mystery Giver, and if I have this pronounced, Vakar, yeah, gave you your first Grade One victory at Keeneland in the QE Two, which in 2006 is incredible. And if they were watching Breeders' Cup weekend, they also saw Giant Oak take to the track in the marathon. Yeah, Giant Oak is—he's uh, one of our one of our better horses in the barn right now. Um, the car, yes, yeah, she got the first Grade One f- for me, and and uh, that's something I'll never forget. And and Giant Oak was able to, um, though it was through a disqualification, won the Clark after the Breeders' Cup. Uh, he was second in the, in the Clark, but got got uh, moved up after successful Dan uh, was disqualified for some interference there deep in the stretch. So. Um, and then uh, Ford Prado is one of the ones I'm more proud of too. Uh, he was a uh, over a million dollar earner and uh, was Illinois I forgot, Horse of the Year. I forgot him and I loved him. Yeah, yeah, he was. He he's one of my favorites of all time. Um, <laughs> he, da- he danced all over the country and traveled. We traveled. Uh, we traveled many places with Ford Prado. So and he's standing at stud now. And um, his first foals will be born uh, this year. So we're all excited about that. Well, I'm excited about it especially and. Something I've read about you, and without meeting you in person, you know, I, I en- I've enjoyed chatting with you off and on. I pestered you for uh, last week and this week, and, and, and thanks for taking your time with us. I've read that one of the reasons you're one of the most respected trainers in the business is that you're, you have an ability to tell it like it is. People trust this truth that come from you. Well, that's the only way I see it being done in this industry. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of money tied up. And uh, with when when an owner makes an investment into a horse, um, the only way I can see it see it getting getting done is is to make sure that they they get the truth and they get the the straight scoop. Um, it's always difficult to deliver um, tough news, uh, whether it's an injury or a sickness to a horse or or just flat out they're not fast enough. But uh, um, but they need to hear the truth. They've got a lot of investment into it. And um, I, I don't like to, to beat around the bush. I like to tell it as it is. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm cautious to a fault when it comes to, to, um, to, to moving forward with, with a horse and taking some chances here and there. But I think that's the way uh, I, I, these people have got a major investment, and it's my job to protect it and make sure that it's successful and, uh, as, as if it can be. So um, that's the way I, I, I've always run it, and, and that's the way I intend to run it going forward. Don't change a thing, and I'm sure that hats off to your father. He played a big role in your your upbringing of uh, do it right or don't do it at all, and and I like that. And then it makes it more of an honest uh, an honest uh, time when, especially when there's a lot of money on the line. Chris, I have the final fast five questions for you. I've held you pretty good spell, and uh, and I've enjoyed every second of it. It's just like Jeopardy without the big money. But I fire out five quick questions for you, and you pop in a, a very short answer. Whatever pops in your mind, there's no wrong or right. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right. Question number one, Chris. Who do you credit the most in your career? My parents. My parents. Have, wow. What? How could a son say it any better? Question number two. Will less dates 
allow purses to grow and horsemen to survive better in the game? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, Mammoth Park is, uh, they've called it the Mammoth Park experiment, and but there's many, many other cards in that deck, but I'm, I'm afraid you are right, and, you know, as much as I love racing. What is your favorite track, and why? Uh, by far, Arlington Park, uh, for a couple reasons. One, it's one of the most beautiful racetracks with one of the best turf courses in the country, and it's home. Oh, I, I can't blame you there, and Mr. Duchess has, uh, has, a, has a, just a beautiful landmark, and if you haven't been, please put it on your bucket list. And, he, uh, he, yeah, he, he, Mr. Duchesswa needs to be uh, recognized more in the game. I mean, he's gotten a lot of credit and a lot of at a lot of times and a lot of awards, but he is he is absolutely one of the best men I've ever met, and uh, he deserves a lot of credit for for where Illinois racing has been and hopefully will be going forward too. He's a class act. I've met him uh, quite a few times. When our past owner at Turfway Park, Jerry Carroll, they were friends and still are. Mm-hmm. Yes, Question are. number four, uh, two very powerful men coming together. Question four, we hear so much about preparing to battle casinos. Are we doing enough to reward players? Uh, no. Wow. I, you know what? Uh, <laughs> one word says it all. You know what? I don't think we can do enough to to reward the people that actually keep our game going. Our last, our last five, uh, last question of the fast five here, Mr. Block. In ten years from now, will you still be leading the charge for Illinois breads to flourish in your state? Absolutely, no question about it. <laughs> you sound like a, a tried and true. Uh, I don't know the proper nomenclature. Uh, is it Illinoisan? Uh, Illinois? Uh, are you just an Illinois bread? How do Illinois we? Bread. I like Illinois bread. <laughs> we'll go with that one. Chris, thank you so much. On behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you. It's been an honor and pleasure to chat with you. You've enlightened us. Uh, we'd like to wish you and yours the very, very best on and off the track. Have a happy new year, and we're definitely going to be looking for a bright 2011 for Mr. Chris Block. Thanks so much, Yeah, I sure enjoyed it. Yes, sir, and thank you very, very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Chris Block, Chicagoland trainer. Illinois bread. Yep, he has he has said it's okay, so I will use it. And quite a gentleman. Speaking of quite a gentleman, we're going to shift gears. We're going to go into this gentleman. Now, I have to tell, I have to kind of warn you a little bit. He's a much better handicapper than I am. I said if I take my vitamins, I grow up to be a big boy. This is what I'm going to aspire to be someday. He is a very good handicapper, and I believe it is five times. I originally during the. Uh, during the uh, the preview, if you took a look at our list, I put four. I believe it is five, and if not, he will correct me, and he's much bigger than I am, and I'll list what he has to say. My very good friend and an excellent handicapper, Mr. David Turner. Are you there, David? I'm here, Ed. Thank you for that kind welcome. You're too kind. Uh, it, it's, it's all the truth. Stop me where I've lied. <laughs> is it five? Yes, sir, five times. Mm-hmm. Five, I mean, if you can do anything five times, you're doing incredible, much less battling out with some of the best handicappers in the land. The best, and it's been a, it's been a challenge. It's been fun. Uh, it's a lot of, it's just fun to go to these tournaments. It's like a giant chess game with all your, your friends and people you get to meet along the tournament trail like yourself. And, and I think you said Brian Feldman, uh, the blonde-haired wonder, you called him, he'll be yeah. on next week. Uh, we have a yeah. lot of fun, and it's just been, it's just been great. It's camaraderie. And hopefully, David, we'll have uh, Brian on next week, and he is 
also an excellent handicapper in his own right. Uh, there's no comparison of the two. It'd be like trying to pick a favorite child. Both of you are very good friends. I, I learn a whole lot each and every time we all kind of hook horns. And uh, on, on tournament day, everyone takes it pretty serious, but not too serious that uh, mm. that uh, you know it steps in the way of friendship. I, I've learned a lot from you guys, and uh, I found it very important because people have heard me talk about contests, how much I like them. I want them to know the importance thereof. But before we get even kicking into that, can you give us a little brief synopsis on how did you get involved in handicapping, uh, thoroughbred handicapping, and which is your favorite track and why? Um, well, handicapping, uh, my grandparents, uh, bless their soul, they've been gone for years now, but my grandmother, who I, re- I refer to as Granny, and my grandfather, uh, used to go to the harness, the local harness and thoroughbred tracks here in Ohio. And they took me when I was very, very young. And uh, I always, you know, look at their book and try to pick horses and never really gotten into the uh, uh, handicapping side of it until I was about 13 years old. And at that point, I noticed that there were books out there on handicapping. And I think my first book I ordered was called Gordon Jones on Speed. You've probably heard of that one. That's been out there for a long time. And uh, that was my interest in the study, research, and uh, thoroughbred horse racing, basically. And little did I know that it was just the beginning. And the beginning, uh, it, it's it's a it's a, a game where you never reach a destination. No. Every day, I don't think I don't think there's any handicapper worth his salt that that doesn't learn on a daily basis. Absolutely, I totally agree. I'm constantly testing and studying and looking at the tracks and see what's winning where and my own process trying to tighten it up as best I can. I mean, for gosh sakes, when we go to compete in these tournaments we're playing against, I call you know, people like yourself and Brian Feldman and other, others, many, many good players, much better than myself, I call those the monsters. Uh, i got to be at my best to even compete. So, uh, yeah, it's challenging. When you're at your best, David, you always have your computer. You have two things with you. You have your lovely wife and you have your computer. <laughs> Now, now both both play a part in your role. One keeps you in line, and one keeps your brain informed, and and you work off of a particular program. and And tell us a little bit about is it HTR? Yeah, I, I use uh, Ken Massa out of California, uh, mm-hmm. awesome awesome computer programmer and handicapper himself, and he has a, obviously a website. And I'm not trying to sell anything for him because I don't quite honestly want everybody to have what we have, but it is a great tool. And if people want to have it, I definitely would welcome them to take a look at it. HTR2.com, I believe, is his website, but I use his program. Uh, it's been great for me for the past eight or nine years. Um, I use it just standalone, and I also use it to extract data. And behind the scenes, we'll, we'll create my own, so to speak, racing form and a layout that works for me and helps me not miss too many things. So uh, it, it's just been awesome for me. Okay, so we know what you use. Now, when Gina's there, does she keep you in line and keep you focused? She's got her hands full with that task. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, does she, she does get a great paid job. for this? That's all I want to know. <laughs> she is a blessing to me to put up with me and all the handicapping research and things I've done over the years. And she was not a big fan, just like a lot of wives aren't, I'm sure, of people that, that play horses, and uh, but she has learned over the years that it's something I passionately love to do, and that uh, she tolerated it, and I just thank God every day that I have her in my life, and she does a great job of putting up with me, so, uh, yeah. For the times that I've met her, I, I, I concur greatly, uh, 100%, and I'm not saying it because she'll take a swipe at me, I, th- I think she's, uh, she's just a sweetie, and she's always happy, and she never bothers you, and just kind of sits there and very happy, and uh, you're a very lucky man there. Oh, but bless you, I appreciate that, Ed. Uh, my pleasure. Contest. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to compare this to the World Poker Tour, <clears throat> excuse me, the WPT. And isn't it odd 
Now, the World Poker Tour, they say, isn't it odd that poker, you'll see the same faces for the most part at the final table. Now, when you go out to Vegas, you roughly see the same guys out there. It's not because these are the same 220 or 40 or 50 people that are actually playing. It's because the best actually perform at their best. You're right. Uh, every time we go to you know, Keeneland, the local Keeneland, the, the Beulah, the local Beulah tournaments, or anywhere, and specifically in Vegas to the Orleans, which is not in NHC interior uh, affiliated, but any of those tournaments, you're going to see a lot of the same faces. And I don't think it's by chance, just like in poker, because most of the contest players that I know have been handicapping for years and are very good at what they do. So I think it's due to their hard work and dedication that um, you see the same faces every year. I think the phrase "the harder I work, the luckier I get" is appropriate here. <laughs> one of my one of my favorites, and, and there, there's very few times that you, you'll you'll catch you chuckling and telling too many jokes before and after. Yes, you're you're open for it, but when it, when the bell rings, uh, you're all business, and and I really really respect that. I mean, you're focused all day long. You're as quiet as a church mouse, and and you're right there. How do you prepare for a contest versus just going for a day at the races? Uh, How long does it take you to prepare for? uh, Just say you you just we we just met up at the Beulah contest. How long did it take you to prepare in advance? In advance, I usually get uh, some files ahead of time, a few days before the tournament, and uh, at that point, I'll look at the PPs, see the race conditions, see the field sizes and kind of scope things out and do my old DRF analysis that I've done for multiple years uh, to kind of see what looks good to me, what trainers uh, are running, which horses that day, um, and kind of get things set up for the day, the two days before and the one day before, which at that point the data comes available from uh, from HTR, from Ken Massa and HTR. Um, and I use my uh, the extract to prefer, prepare, prepare my data sheet and create my own uh, set of information in the way that's comfortable for me. And I use speed, speed pace, class, and all the, all the typical uh, factors everybody else uses, primarily looking for value plays uh, at 5 to 1 and up. Usually about an hour and a half per track over those few days is about what it takes for me to be ready. And for those that aren't really familiar, there's seven to eight tracks, so you can do the time. And if he says an hour and a half, I'm going to say it's probably about two and a half hours because <laughs> David's very methodical, and, and he measures it out, and he's looking for value plays. He said, it's a, a handicapping contest or not, who picks the most winners? And, gee, Willikers, I had a three-to-five, big deal. If, if you don't have a five-to-one, and just the other day I saw David, he had a 20-to-one, he had a 15-to-one, and just about when you thought you did something with a seven- or eight-to-one eight shot, you know, you hear right down the table, the guy never hollers, never raises his voice, doesn't clap or anything. You, you, he'll, you'll hear a little nod, and every once you look up and just kind of nod at him, he'll maybe nod back at you. You know that he <laughs> nailed that 25-to-one shot. Uh, it's too kind. Yeah, it's, uh, it's challenging. I mean, you're competing against your friends. And actually, I, I consider these tournaments like golf because when you go in, you're really playing the course. If you're not picking winners or getting points, it doesn't matter who's ahead of you or who's behind you. That's kind of how I approach every tournament. And then when it comes towards the end, obviously, you know, you're competing against the other folks, and you just see where the scores are and where you stand, and it's just challenging. It's like a giant chess game. I can't put it any any more clear than that. And you're rooting for your friends if you're not in contention. Like we're pulling for you, uh, for the uh, for other friends that are, that are there and in the hunt. If I'm not, and you you know, you just hope they make it. It's just a lot of fun. 
spoken like a gentleman and a true professional and, and, and a contest player through and through. The camaraderie is something I've really enjoyed over the years. I never thought that there would be, I thought we'd all just kind of venture into a room, nobody would say anything to anybody, and we'd all just kind of grunt and, and go about You know what, there's people that I talk to, yourself, Brian Feldman, Robert Forbeck, friends that, 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 that I've known for many, many years. Paul, I'm getting to know Paul, and, and there's more and more people that hang around you, and they'll come up and they'll talk before the contest. They know not to bother you during the contest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've really enjoyed that part as well as much as handicapping. Mm-hmm. It, it's a joy because you don't get to see them. They travel all over the country, and I pretty much stay in the Midwest here. I really don't travel too far away. I've been fortunate and blessed to uh, qualify here uh, fairly local in Kentucky a few times and in Arlington Park and, and so forth. But these people are coming from Nebraska, California, Texas, Florida, New Jersey, Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey, for uh, my good buddy Jim Nace over there. I know he's listening to you tonight. Um, they're coming a long ways and through a lot of inclement weather sometimes to participate. So you want to spend a few moments with them and talk, and maybe if you can go get some dinner and hang out afterwards or before. That's a lot of fun. We enjoy that. We uh, Well, actually, you brought it up this time, so I can't be blamed for it. I tease this uh, fellow, I call him the Blonde Wonder, and the reason I have to make up nicknames for him is because he's just that damn good. Yes, I'm is. telling you, this guy is Brian Feldman. He'll be joining us next week, hopefully, and, uh, and he's, he's quite, a, quite a handicapper, and, and between the both, it's always a lot of fun. David, uh, the, the DRF NTR Vegas tournament, I mean, it's not something you show up five minutes before and say, hey, I'm here and drop my bags and go. What's your method uh, to your madness, per se, of going to the contest? Do you go early? Uh, and, and tell us about the Red Rock. Well, I typically, to go to any tournament, you want to have it. Uh, I have a regimen I follow, and it works for me. Um, I try to, first of all, I, I won't play in too many tournaments that don't fit my strengths uh, and, and my allotted budget uh, as well. I try to have an idea of what total it takes to, to win that contest or to be competitive. Um, obviously, live money bankrolls can be different than some of the ones that are artificial. When I say artificial, imaginary $2 win in place tournaments, which is what the finals are here next month. Um, and once you get another total, then you can work backwards from that to try to determine how you're going to get there. I do that prep before I travel anywhere. And you, know, you try to stick with your plan and not, not lose focus. And obviously, play for value as much as you can because you're not going to beat the best in the land playing three to five shots, as you mentioned a few moments ago. Now, when I go to Vegas or somewhere that's far away, uh, I usually try to get out there a day or two early to get time change, jet lag out of my system. Because Vegas has a way of getting us all excited with the neon lights and constant activity. It's easy to lose track of time and miss out on some rest that you need in order to make good handicapping decisions. Um, the Red Rock's a beautiful hotel situated up in the Red Rock Mountains off the Strip. Uh, and it's just a gorgeous hotel. The rooms are awesome. Very nice sports book down there for us to play in for the competition. And each of the carousels in the sports book has, has its own flat panel TV. Um, so they're state of the art. They, they try to treat the players nice there. You feel really special. Um, they try to accommodate you as best you can. So it's, it's a very nice place to be. You know, when I hear you talking about it, it has the, uh, the movements and the precision of a professional athlete. You get there early. It's not you're, you're flying in 15 minutes before the game. You're getting there early. You're setting your camp up. You know where you're at. You're allowing for the time change. You're going east to west, just as professional athletes do. And, you know, you're, you're allowing for that. And, and Dave and I, I just, you know, I am so excited for you guys. And, and no, I didn't qualify this year, hopefully to be for next year, you know, when it's even bigger money. And, uh, 
and I'll be uh, I'll still be uh, tossing my hat in the ring. Keep coming around the, keep sniffing around the the, the some of the better players. But you know, it's I'm not at the bottom, I'm not at the very top, but I'm uh, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm right there in contention, and uh, maybe as I said, I'll grow up to be a big boy, and uh, I might uh, aspire to be Dave and Turner. Oh, you're you're too kind. I pick over your shoulder, and you just haven't noticed that yet. <laughs> David, I wanted to ask you, uh, as a professional handicapper, is there anything that you would like to see changed in the racing? Would it be less or more dates, poly track for more tracks, safety measures for riders, medication, just anything that you, as a professional handicapper, was there anything that you'd like to see? Uh, I, I just, my own personal thoughts are I think as, as in the horse racing industry that the horse racing business needs to become more player conscious. And what I, mean, what I mean by that is, let's do some things that are, one, good for the customer, the horse players, two, good for the horsemen, and three, ultimately, it's good for business. Everybody wins. And when I'm talking about that, like to continue the drug testing that they're doing now, um, let's get this sport as honest as possible. Stop tapping the hands of these repeat offenders. The track should ban them if they're repeat offenders. They shouldn't be allowed to, to be there. Um, those not following the rules need to be punished. It's just not fair to horse players uh, like ourselves who fund this entire business with our wagering dollars, it's not fair to the horsemen who are operating by the rules. I, I just think that's something they can do better. Secondly, I think that the um, industry should look at reducing the, the takeout, and I know some tracks have, have done that. Uh, I think horse racing is the only sport that has such a high takeout, and we as players put up with it and don't expect better, quite honestly. We're kind of going to the trough all the time, and I think that needs to change. We need to patronize those places that offer reduced takeouts, rebates, etc. Uh, at one point, uh, the Kentucky track, uh, Ellis Park and Ron Geary, I like Ron, a very nice man. Mm-hmm. They had some reduced takeout on the, uh, I think it was the pick threes and some other wagers down there. Four percent. Four percent. Awesome. And, and I tried to patronize that as much as I can because they're listening to the players and what the players want. And those kind of things, they have to listen to us as players. I, I agree completely, and it, it's just not a nod of the head. I, what you're saying is is the gospel. If you don't treat your your best asset uh, it, it, right with your employees is your patrons. They're your most important asset that come through the doors. And if you don't treat them kindly, the the entertainment dollar, the discretionary dollar is up for grabs at such a high rate, and we're we're going through a recession that, in fact, you have to be even more cognizant of what what pleases them and what makes their their experience more enjoyable. I can't agree with you more. The only thing I would say is ditto. I, I think you've hit it right on the head. But something I want you to write down in pen, and I, I don't think I'm really letting the cat out of the bag too early, but it's a little early. Winning Ponies is actually going to be evolving into having online contests. Beautiful. So can we, can we count on your support in the future? Absolutely. Well, with that, that makes me very happy, and I know if, I, if we have yours, we'll twist Brian's arm, and we'll, we'll get a few <laughs> others. But they're actually, uh, they've, they've actually evolved into real-time data, and they're stepping up with the big boys in that measure. And when you're actually making that big move and that investment, it's, it's quite a financial investment for them <laughs> that, in fact, uh, they, they want to uh, service us outright. I've chatted with them, and I think this is going to be quite exciting. I think 2011 is going to be a bright year of it. And uh, and I was uh, speaking with a gentleman this evening, and I said uh, I'll bring it up with Mr. David Turner, and uh, he's he's one of he's one of many many that uh, we'd love to see uh, see on the list, and 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 I know we'll see him at the top of the list. David, uh, final question: I've held you way too long, and and I appreciate your your patience, and especially during the holiday season, uh, taking your time out to be with us. When you walk in the doors of the Red Rock, is there a place in your heart? 
that lets you know basically that you've made it? <laughs> um, I guess to a small extent, maybe maybe yes, but there's so much with handicapping that I don't know yet and still learning. Um, you know, I enjoy the day-to-day testing, uh, looking at races, tweaking my process. It's fun to me. Um, I guess you could say I'm trying to enjoy the process, as you said earlier, as much as the end result. Of course, the money you get in the tournament is awesome, but my wife and my kids usually get that anyway. Um, <laughs> so all, all in all, as much as the, the opportunity for a good payday, I enjoy the competition with my friends and folks that I've met, like yourself and Brian, on the tournament trail. And uh, it's just it's just been a lot of fun. This is something I, I would have never thought would would be available to be playing in tournaments like this uh, when you get a little bit older in life and can't play sports anymore. Your body. Yeah. <laughs> now wait a minute, you're only 19, so quit it. Just just yeah, really. stop it right there. I wish with a 14 year old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My math's not really good. <laughs> you know, David. You know, I, you're not a man that brags very much. And, and when I say you know made it, I know that probably made you kind of you know jiggle around in your seat there. When I say made it, I, I mean out of hard work and love for the sport, and mm. and it shows through each and every time that I, I see your smiling face and your, your firm grip handshake when I, when I see you at a contest. It, it always uh, makes it all worthwhile and it comes home to me. Uh, David, on, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to wish you and yours the best of luck in 2011 on and off the track and the very best to you in Las Vegas this year, my friend, because I'm going to be rooting for you like crazy. Uh, you're too kind. I appreciate that very much. Can I say one thing about the tour? You can say anything you like, sir. Okay, I know you got to go off the air here shortly, but I noticed today the, the tour, if, if you've got listen, listeners that are interested in joining these tournaments, they need to do it now. The reason I say that because Sunday starts the NHC tour, and there's a, uh, a contest. If you remember, membership has been reduced. It used to be, I think it was 100 or 125 last year, and the person that won the tour last year uh, won $75,000, a gentleman from California named uh, Mr. Noon, Tom Noon. That just finished this past Sunday, uh, Monday, rather, with the uh, Surfside contest. Uh, anyway, the $45 membership gets everyone a tour membership. You get to play for five free um, slots to qualify for the 2012 finals. That starts this Sunday. So if you're going to eventually join, you might as well do it now. Uh, if your listeners are out there, they, they need to consider doing it now because you'll, you'll maximize your opportunity uh, by doing this. Anyway, you get a lot of benefits with that. You get a 10% discount, I think, off of DRF, uh, performance plans, 20% off of uh, takeout. I'm reading my email, by the way. I'm not trying to be a salesman for the NHC. I don't know. It's a great thing, and it is something that if people are considering contests, they need to consider this. It's a great deal. Uh, it's, it, go look at the site, ntra.com. And the uh, first prize next year is going to be a million dollars, much more than the 500000 it is now. And back in, I think, oh one, uh, when Stephen Walker won one of the first ones, it was $100,000. They've come a long way. This is on the brink of turning into potentially very similar to poker with the very, very big paydays when you get out there. So, folks, please take a look at that. You can use winning pony selections, whatever handicapping you use. Take a look at it. You can join in. We're, we're not any better than anybody else. We're just average handicappers who just spend our time and, and put, it, put, forth, put forth the effort and research and study. Anyone can do it. And not anyone can do it. That part I disagree with, people that put their nose to the grindstone. David, once again, best of luck to you and yours, and especially best of luck in Vegas. Thanks, Winnie Ponies. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. David Turner, handicapper, professional handicapper, and uh, best of luck in Vegas, my friend. Well, happy birthday to all horses on January 1, and just remember there's going to be only 126 days 
until the Kentucky Derby from January 1. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing and winning ponies. I'd like to thank you for being with us in 2010. We look forward to a successful 2011. On behalf of Winning Ponies, we wish you health, wealth, and happiness. So until then, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck, good night, and Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.